0: Hey everyone, before we get started on today's episode, uh, we just wanted to start uh, with a quick note of recognition of the recent passing of Prince Philip. We were saddened to wake up to the news that we have lost him. Obviously, the three of us on the show have been getting to know a fictionalized version of him, uh, but nevertheless, uh, this was still a real man um, whose uh, passing away is creating a lot of uh, grief and mourning for the royal family, and we certainly wish them um, all the best during this uh, difficult time.
1: And welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we have another special episode for you. Now, normally we go about this by watching the acclaimed Netflix drama The Crown, but we're back with you today with some more mid-season content. Or I guess, uh, between-season? Intra-season? Uh, inter-season? This is the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the pr- yeah we can go with that. Uh, so today we'll be taking a deep dive into what can only be really described as quite a film. The AV Club named it one of the worst movies of 2012, <laughs> saying, quote, the slapdash manner in which it's assembled is genuinely shocking. And that is, of course, Roger Mitchell's Hyde Park on Hudson, starring Bill Murray, Laura Linney, and Olivia Coleman. I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts. First, a man looking to add to his stamp collection. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, how are you today?
0: I'm I'm doing well, and uh, God, you always set me up for something unexpected. <laughs> um, yeah, but my stamp collection is robust and thriving. How are you doing, Sam?
1: I'm doing good. You know, I was actually thinking about it, and like, there's a world where you could invest in stamps. And that's like a good return because if you had bought a bunch of stamps for what, like five cents in 1930, I guess maybe it's not a great investment, but it did grow ten times. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also, back with us today, a woman who always brings her own plates with her every time she goes out to dinner. It's Miss Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, how are you?
2: I'm good, Sam. Oh my god, my brother actually does that right now. Like whenever he comes over to our house, he he brings his own silverware and plates. 'Cause apparently we're germy enough to not, you know, that our plates are messed up, but not germy enough to not show up at all.
1: That I'm assuming that's COVID related, or did he do that before COVID?
2: He didn't do the plates before COVID, but he really hated our silverware. So he's always <laughs> done that.
1: Here's the real question. Has since this happened, he ever brought his own like plates, utensils, and then they just promptly get dropped onto the floor. <laughs> that has not
2: <laughs> happened yet. <laughs>
1: Because that's when you know you've made it, I guess, when you can bring okay. all your own stuff and then it just magically collapses and it's a ghost.
2: I cannot with
1: <laughs> I can't
2: wait to talk about this movie.
1: This movie was really crazy. And as always, right off the top, we just want to mention that if you came here because you're curious, like, oh, did this actually happen? I feel like I know for a fact that George and, or rather Bertie and Elizabeth did visit FDR at his house, but the specifics of what happened in this movie, we don't know, we don't care to know. This all came from like Daisy's journals, right? So, as much as one person's account of something can be considered like an accurate depiction of that event, sure, it's all true. We're just going to go with it and assume it all really happens because of course it did. Why not? To get us kicked off, let's see who's doing the the recap. carlin are you giving us a recap today?
2: I I am giving us a recap today. Oh boy. And I'll be honest, I was, like, spacing out while watching this, and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> doing the recap. So, basically, it we are actually leaving England for this movie, and we are in America. I'll be totally honest. I did not catch where we were, but it's Hyde Park on Hudson, whatever state that's in. There's it's, uh, a lot of-
1: it's New York. It's like- New York. Uh- a little I've actually been to FDR's house twice Oh um, it's, thank you It's between like New York City and Poughkeepsie
2: Oh got it Or maybe okay. it's north
1: of Poughkeepsie I don't know it's like along the Hudson River but like
2: so it's on the Amtrak okay good to, good to yeah. know <laughs> okay so we go to the Amtrak and so we meet this girl Daisy um she is a distant cousin of FDR and we all need to remember that she is a distant cousin of FDR. And she gets, who is is our president at this point? It's 1939, I believe. And, you know, war with Germany is looming. The U.S. is not involved. But for our buddy FDR, he invites this girl Daisy, who is a childhood friend of his, over to, like, hang out with him. He's clearly, like, not having a good time with Eleanor. And they start a romantic relationship. And, like, she is his confidant. And basically... Our inciting incident is that King George the fifth, sixth, sixth, yes, I it's definitely gonna say the wrong George. Birdie, Birdie, and Elizabeth are going to come visit them, and this is the first time any member of the royal family has ever visited America. So you know they're desperate, and they are trying to get support for the looming war with Germany, which obviously America is not involved with yet. And so, basically, it's, like, Daisy's there the whole time, but, like, she doesn't really do anything, but, like, she's kind of assigned to be, like, a vague spy while, like, we get Elizabeth and Bertie like, taking in new surroundings. There's a lot of, like, culture clash, or what is perceived as culture clash, where, like, for instance, there's, like, this wallpaper, and Elizabeth gets, like, really insulted by it. And there's... There's this whole idea of, like, whether or not (laughs) FDR, like, the Americans hate them. And, you know, so the actual details of this, then basically, uh, you know, there's, like, some dinners and there's some some deep talks where, like, FDR, who has polio and, like, still has the remaining i don't know if i want to say scars but like after effects of having the polio like he can't walk that well and he and Bertie have a nice little conversation about disability and being leaders and there's also this very very looming thread about hot dogs and whether or not it is some kind of insult to be served hot dogs at a picnic that is going to be photographed in like a a big event between the two countries And so, like, Elizabeth's like, we can't, we can't with these hot dogs. Like, it's clearly some sort of insult that, like, your brother wouldn't have taken the bait. Bertie gets mad about that. In the end, though, he does end up eating the hot dog. And, again, this is, like, a big deal. And um, meanwhile, Daisy, in her little storyline, she finds out that FDR has multiple mistresses. And she gets, like, you know, she gets upset about that. But then ultimately comes to the conclusion that she can share FDR, which like, first of all, I didn't even know he had a bunch of mistresses and my like respect for this man has dropped even like, okay, I guess we can expect this, but I did not. That was a plot twist for me. And then basically the, the special relationship between America and Britain, like is, I think it's restored. I don't think it's officially formed. I think it formed before then, but like it's restored for this time being and there's there's a sense of hope for everyone despite the war still looming
1: thank you carlin i'd just like to read to you this headline from another review that i found it's a vulture review and the title of the review is hyde park on hudson does this movie even care and i (laughs) agree
2: didn't even tell us where it was set it can't care that much it couldn't even bother with like a super of like new york 1939
0: well well, carlin i i do have to stick up for the movie and and say (laughs) that the location is the title of the movie
2: Nah, no, did you not hear um, Olivia Coleman saying that it's really confusing that there's a bunch of Hyde Parks? Because I was sitting there and I Googled Hyde Park because I was like, I thought that was in England. And there's a local Hyde Park. There are like 20 Hyde Parks in California. So there must be like 100 Hyde Parks. It could have been in any of those.
1: Here's Here's my thing. So call me basic, but I love just, you know, like traditional story structure where, you know, you can clearly <laughs> define who your protagonist is, who perhaps your antagonist is is Daisy the protagonist of this movie because if so, she is the most boring protagonist I think I've ever seen and I know zero, I know zero things about her.
0: There was a point in the middle of this movie where Daisy just kind of disappeared. It it was really during that part of the movie where it's later at night after the dinner and uh, Birdie and FDR commiserating in his study and and just all those late night antics. Daisy completely goes away for that portion of the movie. And that's when the movie is at its best.
2: I know. And then she shows up
0: again and it just falls apart all over again.
2: It just it sucks because I think that if Daisy like the historical figure had been given like a proper movie with a proper arc she probably would have had a really interesting story to tell but they clearly like couldn't decide they like wanted their cake and to eat into or whatever that phrase is because like they wanted to do the FDR like King stuff but then also telling Daisy's story but like the stakes just don't quite match up for them.
1: Yeah there's so many things about Daisy that we get fed in like a, a voiceover at the beginning Right. So she came from money. She lost all her money. Now she has to take care of her aunt for a reason that none of us really know. And then she's called in to take care of FDR, or not to take care of FDR, but just, I guess, on a whim, FDR just calls her. Yeah. Or his mom calls her to like entertain him. And (laughs) yeah. FDR, listen, he was a great president for his time. Obviously, the only president to be elected to more than two terms. He led the U.S. through some pretty dark times, but this wasn't a great look for
0: FDR. I don't think
1: this was not FDR's best foot forward.
0: Well, if I m- must say, like everyone in this movie was miscast, including FDR. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, it, I I I like Bill Murray j- just as much as the next guy. Bill Murray should not be playing Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Like, he he should be playing Wes Anderson characters.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Ivan, excuse me. Golden Globe nominee Bill Murray for his portrayal as uh, FDR. <laughs> this
2: is like some Emily in Paris. Like, <laughs> no, I. It was so hard to take to see Bill Murray as FDR. Like, I kept just being like, "This is this is Bill Murray." Granted, maybe I didn't learn about FDR enough in history class, which is very possible. I went to a very weird school, but like. I... <laughs> It didn't feel like I was watching an American president like there's sort of like an archetype of how American presidents are portrayed in films. And it wasn't even like, oh, we're seeing the human side of him. He just felt like a vague like blob of person that was like there and had a lot of mistresses. But like, there wasn't even like particular passion with any of them. It just sort of felt awkward.
0: So, so like again, going back to Sam's question of who is the protagonist of this movie? Like, you can probably make an argument that it's Daisy. You could make an argument that it's FDR himself. Like, there's a portion of this movie where all of a sudden, uh, you know, Birdie and Elizabeth become POV characters, but they're not really in it for the first twenty minutes or so, and it, it's it's really tough to decide whose story this is because it, it keeps shifting. Yeah,
1: I mean, I feel like they wanted to... I feel like they wanted it to be Daisy's story. But the arc is just weird, right? Because it goes from she's kind of like this woman who is kind of like a fish out of water to a woman who becomes a fish in water and that water is sharing FDR with all of his other <sighs> mistresses. It's just like a weird place to end.
0: And And she was just like... Like, did they give her a formal job? Like, because it, you know, it seemed like she was just hanging around, but I, aside from just being some, like a companion of FDR, did she have like any official responsibilities? Was she being paid for any services? Like, I don't get what she was doing there
2: it really just seemed like she was hanging out yeah
0: and and, and the, the other problem is like the centerpiece of this movie is that Bertie and elizabeth are coming to visit like there's going to be this big you know meeting between royalty and uh, you know the, the president and daisy has nothing to do with that plot at all She's introduced to us as the main character. And then everything that happens in between uh, the king and queen and, uh, you know, FDR and Eleanor, Daisy plays absolutely no hand in.
2: It's just like exemplified by that scene where it's like, like she had to go like spy for a quick second. And like she goes to the door and like it's Eleanor and Elizabeth and they just kind of look at her and she's just like, I'll go now. (laughs) She just (laughs) walks out without
0: doing anything. That's it. That's her only interaction with, like, two of the most important characters of the film.
1: No, Well, actually, she does get to put mustard on King George's hot dog. Oh. oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> so, you know, it all came together for that moment.
2: I hate that that was, like, the climax. <laughs>
0: and, and, like, by the time she's putting that mustard on the hot dog, she has just absolutely no stakes in that situation. Like, she is miserable pissed off disillusioned and just happens to kind of be there for that moment to 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 serve a utility for for fdr
1: yeah all right so low-hanging fruit obviously we learned very early on that daisy and fdr are fifth or sixth cousins depending on how you count that's a direct quote from the movie I think one of the things that many people know about FDR and Eleanor is that they were also distant cousins when they got married. And so as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this can't be where this is going, can it? Like FDR just has a thing for all of his cousins. And within half an hour, I learned, yes, that is where this
0: is going. Within 15 wow. minutes. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, like the king and queen, I think I, I I clocked it. They show up about like 20 to 25 minutes into the movie. Everything prior to that is just Daisy and FDR stuff. and yeah, I mean, I like I was kind of in the back of my hoping, uh, but in the back of my mind, hoping it wasn't headed in that direction, and then it did, and that was the moment I knew we were in for a very special film. I knew that we were now not just fifth cousins, but very good friends. I, oh, no. Why <laughs> did
2: someone write a romance about this? Like, at least, like, okay, this really happened. But, like, to make a point of talking about it, y'all, this is not romantic. Like, I don't know.
0: Well, oh my well God. L- let me ask you this. That moment when their romance was established, and and you both know what moment I'm talking about, was that presented in a tasteful way?
1: None of it was no. presented in a tasteful way. Obviously, them driving through the woods... It just feels like something bad is going to happen. It's like when a girl in a horror movie gets into a car with somebody and you're just like, "Oh no, some you don't want to get in that car. Like, get out of that car right now. Something bad is going to happen."
0: Especially when the police stop following them.
1: <laughs> yes. You're th- that's the point where they're like, "Please keep following me." Like, <laughs> make sure that I'm safe. But then we learn that like apparently FDR only has his stamp book as like this way to attract women. It's just like a very weird portrayal (gasps) all around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, again, like I had like a neutral to good opinion about FDR prior to watching this movie. And now I'm just like, this, this man is, is so gross.
1: It wasn't great. So let's talk about the king and queen, obviously, because we're here to learn about the royal family and we learned nothing. We learned nothing, but let's start with Queen Elizabeth because Olivia Coleman, an actress who I respect greatly, will eventually show up in The Crown as the younger Queen Elizabeth. She's been in the uh, favorite as Queen Anne. She's really out to just be every queen uh, ever in British history. It's it's kind of impressive.
2: Yeah, I, in all honesty, I think that her performance, like, was probably the best of course we're on like a very weird scale here she tried i you know it felt like her version of elizabeth though was so much more insecure but it's it's in a way where i was like okay you seem way more insecure than the king's speech but it also almost worked when you think about her in the crown so i didn't know what to think like if this felt more in line or less in line in its own way
0: I agree that I think like when she shows up, like I got the sense like, okay, thank goodness, like this woman's going to save this movie because because nobody else is going to be, you know, uh, pulling any of the weight here. Um, And yeah, I, I, I think of it as we're seeing, you know, Queen Elizabeth on a really bad day like she does not want to be there she she's grumpy she's probably jet lagged like the whole situation just kind of sucks like this is probably not her at her best
1: i find it really interesting that this kind of happens uh on the timeline at least before we get that penu- uh not the penulti- that final speech in the king's speech where he's kind of everybody's applauding for him and people are thinking like wow he's done such a great job because i thought that it was super interesting that they kind of painted King George as the person who really forged this great relationship with the United States, which is, uh, I feel like, a really impressive feat for somebody so young into their uh, reign as monarch.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the funny, I think it's funny then when you start noticing, like, why didn't they mention this in the King's speech?
1: I guess it wasn't relevant. Yeah, like, he had already done that. Like, that's a pretty good thing. Uh, He had already been to America and, and met FDR and his mom. And his secretary and his mistress and his wife, all of FDR's friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this, this seems like it was a much bigger trial for him than a radio broadcast. I agree.
2: Yeah. And, it, and in this movie, it wasn't depicted as such. Like it's like you kind of know that in your head, like, you know, cognitively, this would be very difficult. But like, you didn't seem like there was no huge mental breakdowns the way. I would expect given that like what we saw and again, obviously it's different performances, but this was just such like a held back performance for birdie. I felt
1: you don't count this outburst, but to answer your question, Elizabeth, I am going to eat a hot dog, five hot dogs, 10. I'm going to shove them in my mouth, stick two up my nostrils, two more in my ears and walk around so that people can take pictures of the King of England with hot dogs hanging out of his orifices.
2: Okay. That was like the best part. That was his (laughs) best scene.
0: I wanted more. Okay, look. Okay, okay, okay. Look, last (laughs) week, I think we drove ourselves crazy with the question of like Colin Firth versus Jared Harris. I I don't think we can really, you know, put this portrayal of Birdie up against either of those two. Like, it's just, it's not even worth going there. But yes, that was Mm -hmm. a great line delivery. And there were moments of this, like, Birdie that really vibed with me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know who this actor is or what else he has been in. Well, well, let me
0: tell you. Of, let me tell you, Sam. Samuel this West. Actor, Samuel West. He. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Are you ready. He appeared in the film Darkest Hour, which I saw the first ten minutes of. Of oh. it's that movie where Gary Oldman plays Churchill. He appeared in that movie as wait for it, Anthony Eden.
1: No what? way, <laughs> our old friend Anthony Eden. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yes, all right. Yes, I need you there, Anthony. I think we're all agreed. I need you. (laughs) Again, I've only seen the first 10 minutes of Darkest Hour, but I'd like to think they recreated that scene in that film.
1: Please. I'm seeing on his Wikipedia page that uh, this guy is going to make an appearance in the third season of The Crown. Oh. As uh, somebody named Blunt. I don't know what that means but he will be in <laughs> I don't the there
0: <laughs> Looking wow. forward to it. Incredible. I hope he eats a hot dog.
1: I hope he He eat a hot dog. Yeah, I mean, Ivan, to your point, like I came in expecting very little from this person. He obviously is not the acclaimed actor of a Jared Harris or a Colin Firth, but I did find him to be like endearing by the end of it. You know, like there was something about him that I was like, yeah, what I, I, I like it. I'm not mad at it.
0: Yeah, he was like a much more understated Birdie. Like you, he he didn't have much to do, but what he did have to do, he did fairly well. Like th- there was just it was it was difficult to dislike him, even if he didn't, you know, reach the same heights of some of the other portrayals.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely Birdie and Elizabeth are, like the best characters <laughs> in this film. It's just so interesting the way that they start playing with like insecure. Like I feel like we've never. Uh, never- that's a lie, but like there was a very specific kind of insecurity, and like that I thought was really interesting here. Like, just I cannot stop thinking about that wallpaper scene where they were like so butthurt that like the War of eighteen twelve <laughs> was like in any way <laughs> mentioned. Like, I guess,
0: yeah, what was that about? Like, why? Like, was that was that all Eleanor's doing? But
2: like, wasn't it just there?
0: I thought I, mean, it I
1: FDR's guess it was doing. Yeah, the I don't know. Were there. Okay, so to so for context, there are these caricatures, not caricatures, but like cartoons, these paintings in the room that portray uh kind of like the the British Navy just fumbling around during the war of 1812, just really making fools of themselves. And these are placed in the room where I believe it's King George is sleeping. He's kind of like, "Oh, they're kind of funny." and Elizabeth is like, no, these are not funny. They're trying to insult us. She's not having it.
2: Like, girl, didn't you
0: lose that war? But also, why? Like, why would they have them stay in that room? Like, that That was it. That ever, just seems so tactless.
2: Was it ever shown as an oversight or, like, a very specific thing? Like, I don't know if they answered that plot
1: point of, like, why this happened. Yeah, they definitely left it open-ended, and I think I came away with that... See, it's hard because I go back and forth, but I think most of the time I come away with that FDR just has like a really weird sense of humor and he just thought it would be like legitimately funny to put the king in that room and maybe they would get a kick out of it the way that he gets a kick out of it. And so that also kind of seems to be his attitude toward the whole hot dog thing too, where it's like,
0: ah, just eat this hot dog. It'll be so fun. Can Ha-ha. I say something else about the hot dogs? Sure. Sure. Like, okay, I wasn't I wasn't alive in the 1930s, like back when GeoCities was still in its early days. (laughs) But (laughs) the way those buns were sliced, like it wasn't like the traditional splitting of the buns that we have. That's like, uh, you know, what would it be lengthwise instead? Like they have like an incision on the sort of roof of the bun and then stick the hot dog in there like did you notice that like i have yes like, is was, that a regional thing i'm do gonna ho- look it up have hot dogs ever been presented that way in recent history
2: no i thought they were trying like from a film standpoint to showcase like as much of the physical hot dog as possible for like it didn't look aesthetically pleasing in my opinion because i was just really confused about why the hot dog wasn't deeper in the bun i i I need to know if they but, did they do that who, who
0: would do i was that? so confused but like was, were be- I, I'm guessing like buns back then, just like, you know, they weren't sold the way that they are today where they're already pre-sliced. So these were just like whole buns that nobody thought to cut open the, mod- the modern correct way. I don't know. Like, I really want to know if that's how people ate hot dogs back then.
1: I mean, it's very possible. Like, Ivan, you're talking from a place of 75 or 80 years later of hot dog innovation. You know, this was
0: 80 years like- of
1: hot dog evolution
2: i just <laughs> i don't believe today. that i i cannot <laughs> believe that that's what they would do I, this is gonna bother me for a long time i just come on come on Some historical i had a lot of a strong
0: time. reactions during this movie this was um, among the top
2: <laughs> oh yeah um they, i don't know why they have to make all scenes that don't have to be disturbing disturbing like i was upset like i would have maybe been fine <laughs> with the scene of birdie eating a hot dog but just that hot dog look was so wrong that I couldn't deal with it and there was something like there was this really strange tension and I do not know what kind of tension it was when they were like oh we're, we're going to put some mustard on this hot dog and like I guess they didn't have squeeze bottles back then which like that that's fine like it was like this very gentle like caressing of mustard onto this like fully visible hot dog
0: I I will say like if if we're going to you know, maybe focus on some of the positives of this movie. That line that Birdie had at the end after he, uh, you know, ate the hot dog and it says like, I think I'll have another. I like that.
1: Yeah, it was all part of the endearing Birdie shtick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the yeah. funny thing is, it's always kind of
2: like a joke within like any sort of news about the royal family about like what foods that are normal that they've never eaten. <laughs> I I kind of do buy that this really did happen, but I also cannot believe that the royal family had to eat a hot dog.
0: Let me let me ask you this. If this sort of visit occurred during one of the more recent like presidential administrations, um, like, you know, like, let's say that, you know, the queen visited Obama. Like, what is he serving her that is kind of like the modern day equivalent, like something that's just going to rock her world? Because I know if it were under Trump, it would be flaming hot Cheetos. But like (laughs) under like the Obama or like Biden administrations, like what food would they throw like the Queen's way to be like, welcome to America? Here's what we eat.
2: Well, see, I can't think of what slightly elevated fancy American food is. I can only think of hamburgers. So I'm gonna think about this. What? Because like chicken.
1: So something that I've learned about very recently uh, from one of coworkers of mine is something called disco fries which are apparently like the American version of poutine, and it's just like fries with a lot of gravy on them that's apparently like very New Jersey. Uh, it's a very New Jersey thing.
2: How is it different than poutine huh. then?
1: You know, it the Ameri- like it's poutine. more American. It.
0: That, that, that seems way too much just like poutine. They didn't even try like, I'm At trying least... to think like, okay, so...
1: Chili cheese fries. Like 80...
0: Okay, so still, fr- we're yeah, still like, the fries. We still fries. fries. So, yeah, yeah, we're 80 years later here, like, uh, you know, hot dogs have come a long way, but like current president needs to serve the queen something a little bit more exciting than a hot dog. And I'm thinking, like, is it going to be, um, you know, chicken nuggets? Is I was it about going to, to say, be Tyson, sticks.
2: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> the ones shaped like dinosaurs. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't remember where, like, sometimes you just like pass over tabloids. And there was one that said, that, like, the Queen Elizabeth has never eaten pizza. Which like I, <laughs> How... I hope no. that's
1: true. Oh. There's no way. What? How has anybody never eaten pizza? Are you serious? She just eats salmon. I think she just. Eats oh my god. Salmon oh my. And, like, god. What if?
0: What if Obama, who's from Illinois, served the Queen Chicago style deep dish pizza? <laughs> that probably would blow her
1: mind. I guarantee. If she has, she's had pizza, but never deep dish.
2: <laughs> i oh by the way i googled um like old hot dog ads from like the 30s they <laughs> they they're in the they're incorrectly they're in the bun with like a normal depth i am i hate that i'm saying this but like it looks normal the way that any person today oh, would search okay dog. you said
0: 30 years ago can, no, can in you the look 30s, up hot dog ad 1930 oh, oh in, in, in the 30s, the 30s yeah okay. sorry
2: yeah oh wow Oh, French's mustard. Yeah, that's been around for a while. Good for French's.
0: Hey, remember that character Daisy? (laughs) (laughs) No. She was supposedly the protagonist of this movie. This was such a
1: weird role for Laura Linney. Like, why did Laura Linney take this role? She's like a good actress who was in many critically acclaimed things. Why did she do this?
2: I bet they just showed her an outline or like just the premise. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I wanted there to be like a break in the middle of this movie where Laura Linney just breaks the fourth wall and says like, I'm Laura Linney and you are not watching a masterpiece right now. (laughs) Oh. Oh my God.
1: It's so weird, right? Because they give her like one line where she finally sort of like, Oh, quote unquote, like speaks up for herself where she's like, No, you're not getting off that easy. You son of a bitch. And then they immediately backpedal, and she's like, I wish
0: I did that. I didn't actually do
2: that. If you're going to do fancy work in the voiceover, you need to establish that early on.
0: Yeah. Oh, that moment was such a cop-out. I was so pissed.
2: Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> that was a good delivery of the line,
1: though. I mean, yeah, that's Laura Lenny. Laura Lenny's great. I have nothing but good things to say about Laura Lenny.
0: Like, you Ozark, just, great You know great what show. I actually really do like is... I really like Elizabeth Marvel who played Missy. Like I think she's one of the most underrated actors of our time. And and this was, you know, not the, you know, most meaty role for anybody to take on, but I I feel like she definitely maximized that character. Like it took very little material to work with and 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 made it compelling.
1: Yeah, I thought the Missy character was uh very interesting. She was kind of like always there in the same way that Daisy was and then yeah, then you make that connection and then she and Daisy become best of friends as part of FDR's harem. So, great great
0: for them.
2: I to be honest guys, I didn't pay attention to them the mistress's plotline like at all
0: because it was so jarring to even like go into it because you know again we had this really weird like early part of the movie that was all about you know summer up in upstate new york where you know some distant cousins spark a romance and then it suddenly like pivots over to this royal visit and then the movie is told from birdie and elizabeth's perspective for a while then we go back to that bullshit and and at that point Like once you've already gotten the stuff with Birdie and FDR and all of the, you know, just like more high stakes stuff to then go back to that nonsense. It just felt so anticlimactic.
2: No, absolutely.
1: One thing that I thought was really interesting to see, especially after having watched the crown, having watched the king's speech, all of these kind of film and uh, television portrayals where anytime the king or queen walk into the room, everybody is in awe. They love these royals. They pull up to right outside FDR's house, and there's this guy on a tractor, and he could not care less that they are there.
0: Oh, that was – oh, I loved that scene because, like, uh, Bertie was like, I want to meet some Americans, and so he gets out of the car. He starts waving to the only guy there, and it's just an unimpressed farmer who's just on his tractor driving by. That was – That was hysterical. I really liked that. Like, I liked all the stuff with the Royals in this movie. Like, if we just got more of that, if if they took that aspect of the movie and just expanded on it and had maybe the whole thing told through their perspective like you know see them packing for the trip back in buckingham palace the journey over like if it had just been through their perspective and we got none of that you know bullshit stuff with uh daisy and fdr and missy like this could have been a really really good movie
2: yeah which is unfortunate considering they they set out to make daisy's movie. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Like, yeah, all that was really charming. And like, I love the scene where it's, there's always like a scene with the royals where they're like mentally preparing for like who they're going to be meeting and all that. And just that moment where they're like, um, yeah, Eleanor and FDR they live in different houses. And they're just like, what? And they're like, yeah, Eleanor lives with um, a bunch of lesbians who make furniture. <laughs> and, and they're just scandalized, like amazing. That's what we got. We got um Queen Elizabeth's awkward take on the gays.
1: I mean, it wouldn't be a movie about the thirties without that, some casual racism, just all the things.
2: But it wasn't even that bad. Like she didn't seem she was just seemed very like confused and, and surprised, which like I actually forgot about the Eleanor Roosevelt was probably a lesbian thing. So, you know, good reminder.
0: You know, I actually attended Eleanor Roosevelt Elementary School in Vancouver, Washington. Whoa. And they never brought up any of the lesbian stuff.
2: (laughs) A shame.
1: A shame. Yeah, they really let you down in your education. Did your school have a mascot?
0: (laughs) It was Eleanor Roosevelt. Like, like that was like the seal of our school. It was just her, like, you know, kind of a a sketch of her. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. We did. We did have a, a... Our mascot was the Ambassadors. Oh my god. The Eleanor Roosevelt ambassadors. Oh wow. All right, did you Good make school. furniture? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, um they they really um did Eleanor dirty. I'm not going to talk about this for that long, but like yeah, what? She had she her husband was cheating on her like so much and like I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure like every spouse of every president like pretty much has to deal with this. It sucks. Either way. And they're just like, oh, Eleanor's all scheming and mean and whatever else. Like, you know what? She's dealing with a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, honestly, like, even a movie that was... Like, the problem is, like, this was two movies in one. Like, it was a movie about this royal visit, like, sandwiched in the middle of this movie about, like, a quiet summer in upstate New York where FDR has a bunch of shenanigans with mistresses and his wife. Like, you either tell one of those stories or you tell the other. But they tried to do both, and it didn't really do justice to either. Like, I would have watched that other movie. I would have watched a movie without a royal visit that was just about, like, you know, Eleanor and Missy and Daisy and FDR. Like, you can make a good 90-minute movie about that, but then, like, you you bring in the royal family, and I don't give a shit about that other— Like, you—that's what I'm saying. It's like, you you could, if that's where you set the bar, if, like, you made it clear this is what the movie's about, but I expected a movie about the royal visit going in. I expected something that, you know, touched on those stakes— and, like, yeah, I just got, like, a half-assed effort in both arenas. Like, yeah, like, you either tell one story or the other. You you don't tell both. So is it safe
1: to say that we really didn't learn that much about the royal family from this movie?
2: Um, I learned that King George Birdie has eaten a hot dog at least once. Very pertinent information.
0: Uh, I learned that he carried a, a camera around with him and, and seemed to, like, enjoy documenting his travels.
2: Didn't they mention that in The Crown, like, it was a birthday gift to Elizabeth to get his camera or a camera? So that was actually a really nice touch of, not like that they needed to do continuity, but like a continuity of one of his interests that I actually, yeah, that was great.
1: I feel like we've pretty much touched upon every important element of this movie. I mean, there were like other random things that happened, but it's like, I'm ready to move on from this movie, I think. (laughs) I'm not going to watch this movie again. There were so many like weird drawn out scenes of just like the queen walking around the house and then people bowing to her. It was just like not
0: well put together.
2: Oh, my God. Well, the vulture um, critic agrees with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a really, really long 95 minutes. Should we talk
1: about uh, who we want to nominate for the Kinky Crown Award? Because I think there are several contenders. I think FDR is most likely going to win. It's just how will he win?
2: Oh yeah, I mean I think Birdie has a good chance, but yeah.
1: You think Birdie has a good chance? Um, yeah. Did I miss something with the bird what did Bur- yeah, what's Wait, your birdie what? moment?
2: The him like having the like first of all, his him even having to eat the hot dog while like Oh, okay. Being <laughs> but no, my main one is his like rant about how he's going to fill every orifice with a hot dog. <laughs> it's so obvious, but I love it.
1: Okay. That's my nomination. So, Birdie, Birdie and the
0: Hot Dogs. Like, okay, I think I have one, but I watched this movie five days ago, and I can't remember if this scene actually happened or if I'm just imagining it. <laughs> like, the scene at uh, toward the end of the movie when, uh, like, Missy and um, Daisy are in the car, and Missy's just kind of, like, explaining to Daisy, you know, like, this is the reality of, like, you know, being a mistress of, of, of FDR and, like, you know, roosevelt gonna roosevelt did that scene end with um missy brushing daisy's hair in like a really affectionate way am i imagining that did that happen i don't remember to be perfectly honest i don't remember
2: but sure it sounds right to me (laughs) (laughs) let's
0: go like 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 it was it it was like it was like a moment of like okay we're all we're both gonna be like uh, you know his mistresses so we better start cozying up together
2: you know a good old fashioned um some polyamory going on there
0: like can can i nominate a scene that i'm not sure actually happened
2: yes i mean yeah, I, I think so
1: this film is more about just like the the vibes that it gave you so yes
2: <laughs> yeah i have okay. one other one but sam get yours out first and then i'll see if yeah i mean you mine
1: mostly i think besides the hot dog which i had forgotten about but that's a really good one i think that most of mine center around FDR. There's the fact that he has like a dedicated house for his mistresses where he apparently recycles this house for all of his mistresses. Um he takes each one there and is like, this house is just for you and me, but tells that to multiple women. Um, real bad look. Then there's um the weird hand job in the field,
0: um, in the car. What do you mean weird? That was the only part of the movie that made sense. <laughs>
1: Fair, and then there's a moment after FDR gives his his radio, or maybe not his, his uh his address to the nation. He turns to Daisy and he goes, "Everybody wants something from me," and then gives her like a really weird wink. <laughs> uh,
0: I have no recollection of that scene.
1: That happens actually very early on. It's like
0: probably within the first ten minutes. Uh, oh, I believe you, Sam. I'm just saying this movie is already <laughs> like halfway out of my mind.
2: I would just like to nominate the general idea of uh, no, of, of Eleanor and her lesbian furniture maker harem. I think they're very important, very near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to nominate them.
1: Oh, I actually had one more. Um, okay, go it's another Daisy and Missy thing. At the very end of the movie, um, Daisy says that now whenever they play cards, they're partners and they now share everything.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That that was the vibe that I was getting. Yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like I always make you two go first. Um, so I'll go first this time. And I think that in just the spirit of the podcast being about the royals and the fact that this was such a pivotal scene in not only the film, but in apparently the entire relationship between the United States and the country of the United Kingdom. I've got to go with the hot dog. I just think that it's what was meant to be.
0: Are we, wait, are we talking specifically like him eating the hot dog or the thing about him like shoving the hot dog into every orifice?
1: I think they're, I think they're the
0: same.
2: I guess we're going to make them the same, but I'm thinking the orifices, like when I think of it.
1: Well, here's the thing I feel like the orifices just showed his determination to eat this hot dog and then he finally did it. And so it's all one motion that really just, yeah, it all pays off. So that's okay. where that's where I'm going
0: on this. Carlin, uh where where are you falling?
2: I, I'm voting for, for Birdie and the hot dogs.
0: Sorry, can I throw in an eleventh hour nomination? Yeah. Sure. sure. The way that hot dog was slid into that bun.
2: I really hated that. <laughs> so you know. Oh, I wish I could vote twice. <laughs> Can we have like an anti Kinky Crown award of just like the most vehemently hated moment? Because I would vote for that hot dog for that moment.
0: <laughs> that doesn't seem like the opposite.
2: <laughs> I don't really know what that would be. It just.
0: Sorry, I, I just threw this democratic process just into chaos. Do we need to start over?
1: No, I think I still. I I would oh, still go with the same choice.
2: I'll stand with mine, but that's going to be a honorable mention.
0: Yeah. Wait, Carlin, what was your choice? Um, Birdie and the hot dogs. Like the birdie okay. part. Okay. So, Sam, you voted for the idea of the hot dog. Carlin, you're voting for, like, Bertie's, like, kind of proclamations about what he's going to do with the hot dogs. I'm voting for the way that the hot dog was inserted into the bun.
2: (laughs) So is hot dog just the winner?
0: Yeah, I think hot dog is Yeah, I think we can just combine the the three nominations into one.
2: Oh, no. I guess that'll be fine.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll make that work. Yeah, I like where we ended up with that. That's that's a fitting end to this just, ugh, of a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so any closing thoughts here before we reveal what we will be talking about in our next episode of the podcast?
2: Um, I don't understand why Birdie was sitting so far away from FDR at that dinner table. I feel like that is some way exemplary of whatever was going on in this film. And I like to think that they just didn't think that that would be weird while they're making the movie.
0: My closing thoughts, um, do you guys want to hear the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt Elementary fight song? Yes. Absolutely, yes. It goes like, um, Eleanor Roosevelt Elementary, educationally extraordinary, working hard is our responsibility. We're proud to do our best. Yes.
2: Amazing. Wow. I
1: adore it. It's impressive that you remember that. They really indoctrinated you.
0: Oh, it burns into your brain, man. <laughs> every every week in music class, they make us sing that.
1: Oh my God, every week. No, oh, that's intense. Um, But thank you for that performance. I think that, I'm trying to think of what my takeaway is. I mean, there was a point in time where FDR was my favorite president. And Ooh. over time, you know, just little things happen that just chip away at that, you know, image that I had as like a little kid reading like the elementary school book versions of somebody. Mm-hmm. And um. It just goes to show that, like, you should just never meet your heroes. So next episode, we will not be diving into season two quite yet. We have uh, another movie that we will be diving into, and that is the film available, I believe, on both YouTube and Amazon Prime, of Royal Night Out. Uh, Ivan, I think that you also found this movie. What is the concept of A Royal Night Out?
0: So uh, based on what I've seen of the synopsis of this movie, it is about um, uh, Elizabeth and Margaret on a uh, victory in Europe day um, at the end of the war, uh, wanting to go out and celebrate. They want to hit the town. They're tired of being um, sheltered inside Buckingham palace. Like they want to celebrate with the rest of the country and just want one night where they can cut loose. And I think that's the premise. Like I, I don't want to know anymore. Like, I just want to see where it goes from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it can't get much worse. <laughs> um, Just a quick Google search. This movie that we're going to be watching has a 74% Rotten Tomatoes score, exactly twice as much Ooh. as the movie that we just watched. So hmm. that's a C. It's not
0: an F. So I have... <laughs> I have middling hopes. How do you how do you feel about watching a movie that is literally twice as good as Hyde Park on <laughs> Hudson?
2: Oh my god.
1: I feel good about that. I feel like we will definitely be trending in the right direction. And yeah, no, I'm excited to to watch this movie. Like I said, it should be available on either Amazon Prime or or just the full movie in its entirety is on YouTube, which is always like a great sign for a movie. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how I watched. No one has
0: bothered to take it down. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, if you want to uh, watch the film before it's definitely out there, it's available for you to do so. If you don't, you can just drop in next time and we'll talk all about it. Similar to how we did this movie. And um, I feel like, uh, I feel a little bit bad for telling people that maybe they should have watched Hyde Park on Hudson before we talked about this today. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like you can tune into Twitter um, midway through the week and we can kind of gauge for you. Like, should you watch this movie or should you just tune into us? <laughs> Ivan, if people want to find you on social media and they don't use, uh, <laughs> what is it? Geo. Now, I don't even know. This is GeoCities. Come on. GeoCities. They don't use GeoCities. Is there another way that they can find you?
0: So, back in the late 90s and early aughts, there was another web hosting tool that I used a lot called AngelFire. Angel Fire was great because it actually had its own like built-in drag-and-drop like like web page building tool you didn't need to know html like you didn't have to code anything yourself and you just you know dragged and dropped you put things in but there was like no grid and order or consistency so you would just put like a photo up in the top right hand corner and then a wall of text over there in the middle and like there was no rhyme or reason to anything like that. you the only limit was your imagination. Um, and they eventually discontinued angel fire. But I think out of all of those web hosting services back then, like it was my favorite just because of the freedom.
1: What page did you make on angel fire?
0: Uh, so angel fire, angel fire was actually uh, the service that I used to host my Digimon fan site. <laughs> I don't think I ever made a Digimon fan site with GeoCities, but angel fire was the one where, uh, me and some guy that I probably met on a message board, like we collaborated and we, we made a fan site that celebrated Digimon and Survivor.
2: Oh, like It was wow. a fan
0: site for both. Those two things have <laughs> nothing to do with each other, but we're like, hey, why, why don't we bring these two communities together? I mean, in the early
1: 2000s, Survivor, big hit. You must have really rode the wave. You were all in on Richard Hatch
0: and Digimon. I didn't know anything about Survivor. I've never seen an episode. Like (laughs) the other guy was into Survivor. He also happened to be into (laughs) Digimon. And we're like, all right, this is a website that celebrates like both franchises. Wow. I can't believe that they
1: discontinued this platform. That's a travesty.
0: (laughs) How else would you have websites that bring together anime and reality (laughs) television?
1: (laughs) I know. That's the biggest tragedy of the 21st century by far.
0: Anyway, uh, I, I I wish you could find me on Angel Fire. You can't anymore, but that that would be my preferred place.
1: Carlin, if people want to find you on the social media, where can they do that?
2: Um, Twitter Carlin Greenwald, uh, Instagram Carlin underscore G E E.
1: All right, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us if you want to talk about the Crown, about the royal family—well, maybe not the. I don't want to solicit opinions about the actual Royal family, but like their portrayals on random film and television outlets, any more recommendations of perhaps movies that we uh, might watch depicting them in the future. You can do that at crown around pod on Twitter. If you want to listen to any of our episodes, they're available at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash crowning around. And they're also available on any platform. Our podcasts are available. In the meantime, thank you all for listening, and
0: we'll see you next time. And God bless America.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) God.